Welcome to the Build a Life After Loss podcast, uplifting support for your grief and healing journey. We're here to encourage your hope in the future and strengthen your confidence so that you can build a life of purpose and joy. I'm your host, Julie Clough, Certified Grief Coach. Hello, my friends. Good evening. Good morning. Welcome. Welcome to episode 101, Moments of Clarity. First, I, I immediately, I just want to thank so many of you who reached out with messages of support and sympathy over the death of my father. I, I'm so grateful from, from my whole heart for those notes of condolences and they mean so much to me. Thank you for sharing your love with me. I do a lot of talking here and I think about how fun it would be to all gather in one room and talk about our experiences, our trials and our triumphs, because we all have them. We all have both the trials and the triumphs, and it's up to us to recognize our triumphs as well as our trials. The trials are easy to see. Wouldn't you agree? We feel them deeply and they make a big impact. They just make a big impression on our heart. And then we get to start noticing our triumphs and celebrating all that we are learning and the ways we are growing. And I would want to hear about all of it. I would love to be able to gather with all of you in one room and hear your experiences. Today, I'm going to share an idea, and then I'm going to share an example of how this has played out in my life. Recently, um, just a couple weeks ago, I did a Facebook event in which I spoke on self-forgiveness. When I was preparing what I was going to share, I came across this quote that I'm going to share with you here. When I found the quote, I thought, this is exactly what I've been saying, but it's put more eloquently than I have said it in the past. Howard W. Hunter said, it has always struck me as being sad that those among us who would not think of reprimanding our neighbor, much less a total stranger, for mistakes that have been made or weaknesses that might be evident, will nevertheless be cruel and unforgiving to themselves. When the scriptures say to judge righteously, that means with fairness and compassion and charity. That's how we must judge ourselves. We need to be patient and forgiving of ourselves, just as we must be patient and forgiving of others. The key words that jumped out at me when I read this quote were fairness, compassion, charity, patient, and forgiving. When we're evaluating, when we're looking at ourselves, when we're observing our own behaviors and our thoughts and our feelings and and how we respond to things, these are the qualities that we need. Fairness, compassion, charity, patience, and forgiveness. Which of these five qualities would help you right now? Think about that. Which of those five things would help you? I want to talk a little bit about fairness. What is fairness? A fair evaluation allows us to shift and change. It's forgiving. It's loving. It's patient. But how do we fairly look at ourselves? Curiosity is not a new theme here on the podcast, but I want to explore this further. Take a moment and think about the last time you were curious about something. 
You felt curious. You felt intrigued. Your interest was piqued. Now remember what it felt like. Remember how interested you were, but you were also removed from it, meaning whatever you were observing didn't have to be a certain way. It wasn't about trying to control the thing. It was purely about observation, and you were eager to learn and understand. Really feel that emotion in your body. What does it feel like? Where do you feel it? I think about going to the zoo and being seeing animals that are in a, a controlled environment. They're in a, a cage, but we're able to observe them in ways that we wouldn't be able to observe them in the wild. And we always love to go and look at the monkeys. They're so fun. And so we're standing there, we're looking at the monkeys, but there's no judgment. There's no outcome that we're looking for. We're not expecting the monkey to act in a certain way. We're just there out of curiosity, out of a, at a interest in observing. We're intrigued. We're eager to just observe and look and learn. Now memorize that feeling. Memorize that emotion of curiosity and bring that feeling. Stay in that feeling and observe yourself from that place. Not that you're a monkey, not that you're in a cage, but just bring that feeling, like really feel that feeling and and observe yourself. Be eager to learn and observe and understand. Be interested, be intrigued by you. I've had several mentors suggest an observation pattern that looks something like this. We look at a situation or experience that we have, and we ask three questions. What went well? What didn't go well? And what would I do differently? This pattern has been invaluable in shifting and making shifts in my own clarity and making shifts in my own understanding. And when we do this, sometimes we have a tendency don't we? (laughs) To look at what went well, and the list is really small, and we're really, really observant of what didn't go well. So we want to shift that, and we want to ask our brain to work a little harder and make sure that there's as many things that went well as didn't go well. So the three questions, what went well, what didn't go well, what would I do differently? When you're looking at what went well and what didn't go well, What went well has to be equal to or greater than what didn't go well. And then when you look at what would I do differently, don't make a long list. Identify one or two things that you would want to shift. In doing this, in bringing this type of fair evaluation in observing ourselves, we can make tremendous progress in understanding ourselves. I I do this almost on a daily basis. I will journal. And sometimes I won't be as uh, formal, I should say, at like what went well, what didn't go well, what would I do differently? But I just, I write my observation of, I wonder why I did this. Hear the curiosity in that? And I'm just looking at the day before and I'm thinking, okay, there's a particular thing that I'm looking at, a particular 
a, per, a particular experience that I had the day before and I'll be looking at it and I'll write about it and I'll kind of include that, you know, what went well, what didn't go well, what would I do differently? And this allows me to make these shifts that are not from a place of what's wrong with me, you know, what's wrong with you? Like that angsty eh, feeling, right? Instead of that, I'm just like, oh, let's, let's observe. What, what could I do differently? Is there something that I could do differently here that would make my next experience better? Allowing, when I do this journaling, I'm allowing clarity. I'm allowing new ideas and I'm not rejecting them before they take root. This is being fair with ourselves. This is being able to observe with patience and love and curiosity instead of judgment and animosity. And I think when we do this, what, what, what I have found is when I do this, when I, when I do this on a daily basis, especially, I really have this understanding that I can change because I'm not asking myself to go from an elementary education to a rocket scientist. That's not what I'm asking. I'm observing so that I can identify these little shifts that I can make that will make my life better. The little shifts add up. And when we do this on a daily basis, it's pretty remarkable. I remember the moment that I had this shift in my thoughts and feelings around my grief experience of losing my kids. It was a sudden shift in my thoughts and feelings toward gratitude Gratitude for everything that I experienced. Gratitude for the devastating loss of my two kids. And I know it sounds crazy to say, but I felt and understood for the first time several years after that tragic event, I felt and understood for the first time that my life had been improved because of what had happened. And I want to share with you just an excerpt of what I wrote in my book, Miracles in the Darkness. I have been a student of grief for many years now. I've read many, many pages of others' grief journeys, self-help, and spiritual texts to help me understand life, death, and grief. I have read many times the importance of being grateful for our trials, but I didn't think that gratitude for the trial of the accident and my children's death would ever come. In the past, I had felt gratitude for other tribulations, but this was different. Okay, I want to pause right here and just say that I didn't feel any judgment of myself before before this shift because I didn't feel gratitude. I didn't give it a lot of attention. I'm like, I understood that gratitude, we could have gratitude for trials and tribulations, but up until that point, I really didn't understand how that applied to what I had experienced. Like I said, I wasn't in judgment of myself because of that, but I was in this space of, I wonder if this could happen. I wonder if I could ever feel grateful for this. So I didn't give up on the idea of it, but I also didn't have any any harsh judgment towards myself if it didn't happen. Now continuing in the book, Dieter F. Uchtdorf said, Being grateful in our circumstances is an act of faith in God. It requires that we trust God and hope for things we may not see but which are true. By being grateful, we follow the example of our beloved Savior who said, 
not my will, but thine be done. I had worked through from the agony of my loss to acceptance, but gratitude seemed a trillion miles away and completely unattainable. One day during our move from Kentucky to Texas, while reading yet another book about grief, the gratitude settled on my soul like the dews from heaven infused with brilliant light. I had been offered a gift, and I accepted the gift of gratitude for all I had endured. It's not easy to admit that I am grateful for this horrific tragedy. I can feel people arguing with me. How can you be thankful for such a horrendous event? The answer is, I don't fully understand it either. I certainly would love to have my children still here with me, but they are not here, and I have accepted that they are right where they are meant to be, on the other side of eternity, cheering us on. I do know that God has blessed me a hundredfold, and He has more in store for me as I continue to seek higher and higher levels of healing, which I believe is available to everyone, without exception. When I ponder the years of struggle and rebuilding, I can't imagine how I could have learned all I've learned without the significant trials of my soul, and for that, I am infinitely grateful. I believe that bigger shift happened for me because I had learned before that to stop being in so much judgment of myself. I had allowed myself to make incremental small changes, small shifts, which led to a larger shift. But when we reject the new ideas, when we argue with these new thoughts and feelings that might take us to the next level of understanding, then we are not allowed to have that new clarity. So my question is, are you allowing moments of clarity or are you rejecting the new understanding? I invite you to be open to possibility and new ways of looking at things. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. I love being here with you. I truly do. If you would like to talk to me, did you know that I have a free session that's available to you? Just go into the show notes and click on discovery call and we can talk. We can find out, we can actually have that face to that face to face, but voice to voice conversation that, you know, I talked about at the beginning. I would just love to be able to meet each of you. So if you haven't yet, jump on there and take advantage of that free opportunity. I hope you have a wonderful week. Remember, I believe in you. Love you. Bye. Bye.